On this episode of the 33 and a third percent podcast, Tony Begevil Sirachi, Shano Makazowski, and Army of Two for our first show of 2022 talk about the news surrounding the new world heavyweight champion at day one in Atlanta, Georgia. His name is the Beast, Brock Lesnar. Where do they go from here on Monday Night Raw with Lesnar as champ? And where do they go on SmackDown whenever Roman Reigns comes back from his COVID-19 quarantine? Tuesday night, we have New Year's Evil NXT 2.0 style. Will the torch finally get passed between Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT world title? And then on Wednesday, the Mothership, baby. TBS, AEW Dynamite debuts on a new channel. And finally, we get the new TBS champion. Will it be Ruby Soho or Jade Cargill? Tag team titles on the line between Lucha Brothers and Jurassic Express. Will Jurassic Express finally win the tag team titles? And then a rematch for the World Heavyweight title after their 60-minute draw classic match. That winner is coming. Hangman Page and Brian Danielson. And then we end the night with the best wrestling gift we've ever received on Christmas or ever. We give our thoughts on that. All that and a little bit more right here on the 33 and a third percent podcast. Welcome to the 33 and a third percent podcast first show of 2022. Joining me right now is an army of one. His name is Tony Big Evil Sirachi. Tony, how are you doing on this January 2nd? How was your new year? Oh, my new year was full of excitement and surprise. I did nothing. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I really slept through yeah, it. I, I sat around. I stayed up till maybe like 2.30 in the morning, um, you know, New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. I usually try to stay up till 3 a.m. to see the West Coast celebrate New Year's, but I was 20 minutes short. Um, plus, I was uh, feeling a little bit, a little bit good, um, so I fell asleep. So... Um, woke yeah, back up. I literally, I literally slept until eleven thirty, and then woke up just to see the ball drop. And I was like, "Yep, yep, just like always, lame." Yep, it wasn't like the year two thousand uh, when the world apparently was supposed to end, and it didn't. And then um, instead, we got Jericho the year before that. So, oh well. Um, the real countdown to the millennium. The real countdown to the millennium. Uh, back in the day when the internet wasn't as big of a deal and you had to literally say that's not the new millennium what's doing what's going on and you actually had to think for once and just looking at spoilers online um yeah the the jericho being the millennium and then wcw is like you know what we have a millennium too it's called sid vicious you had the millennium man um but but uh before we get into wcw talk because we we can get lost in the rabbit hole there um they're talking about the internet all the time uh, sometimes spoiling things for us. Last night, the unexpected happened. Uh, the first ever WWE Day 1 happened in Atlanta, Georgia last night, and unfortunately, Corey's boy, Roman Reigns, got COVID-19, tested positive, and so he was out of the main event against Brock Lesnar um, in one of the most um, anticipated main events in quite some time. Uh, they fought in Saudi Arabia, uh, where Roman Reigns did win, Um and then they were going to fight at day one. It's been going on for a while. It's been a really good buildup. Um, and all of a sudden, hours before the event starts, uh, Roman Reigns contracts COVID. Uh, and he is out of the main event. So what do they do? They put Brock Lesnar in the Fatal 4-Way main event uh, with Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins. 
and uh, the champion Big E, um, and they make it a fatal five way. And with that fatal five way, they input Lesnar. And what I asked you in the in the group chat verbatim was, "Do you think Big E retains the title?" And what did you say? I can't remember what I said. You said, who knows at this point? And I was like, you know what? That, that's a good point. And it made me even more interested. And I was like, all right. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, they wouldn't put the title on Lesnar, would they? Like this quickly, this unexpectedly in this, you know, this, uh, you know, unprecedented world now with COVID-19. I mean, Seth Rollins got COVID-19, you know, last week and he, he, uh, pretty much tested out of it, you know, with, uh, with people that are vaccinated. If you have two consecutive negative tests, you can you know get back to work and, and do your thing. Uh, that's what happens all the sporting uh, sporting events as well and all the, the sports organizations. So I'm going to assume that WWE does the same thing. So with the Fatal Five Way, uh, we'll start with the main event and then we'll get to the other matches on the card. Brock Lesnar ends up winning the title <laughs> because he is a free agent. So it does make sense in storyline form uh, where he said, "Hey, I'm a free agent. If Roman can't wrestle." You know what? I'm going to put myself into this match and see what happens. And he wins the WWE title. So now he is a champion on Monday Night Raw. Um, so, Tony, what are your thoughts? And the second question is, where do you see Brock Lesnar get input here going into the most important time of the year? Like, we're on the road to WrestleMania at this point. It depends. Are, are they going to put him back in the Royal Rumble match be like, nobody can beat me, and then get his face kicked in by Drew McIntyre? <laughs> right. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going to happen now. Because like, Big E... He had this unprecedented run, and we definitely thought. I, I don't want to speak on behalf of Tobin, um, you know, Lucky Strike, but you know, we all assumed that Big E was going to have this title at least to WrestleMania, and then we'll go from there. But this this happened, and it kind of threw us for a loop. And I love it. I it's, I love the unpredictability. Um, but yeah, I don't know where uh, where any of these guys go from here. You know, KO, Lashley, well, and so on and so forth. The logical thing, the logical thing, which we all know WWE doesn't do anymore is to give Biggie his rematch at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, rematch clause. It's always in there. I never see it, but it's always in there. <laughs> but, like, as far as Roman Reigns is concerned, I mean, who's going to challenge him now since Brock Lesnar's, like, now on Raw? Is there, like, a small chance okay. they're going to they're unify the titles? Because if they do, I'm going to be kidding the candy store. Oh, oh yeah. Well, they can't unify. They can't unify the titles because Jericho's not there. <laughs> he would. He would be the. Uh, uh, what is it? The uh, the guest of honor. The very first undisputed champion. I mean, what would they, would they do? Like what they did last time? Uh, four superstars, three matches, two titles, one undisputed champion. I mean, I would. I mean, I would watch that, of course. But that's just me, and that's just me being a nerd. I mean, I don't know if they'll do it now. It's probably like a very far stretch. Yeah, it's probably a very far stretch. You're not going to unify anything. It's just my fantasy booking to where if Brock Lesnar is really going to be this this free agent, you know, why can't he jump from show to show, you know, and just be like, hey, I'm not on, I'm not on Raw just because I won the WWE title. You know, I'm a free agent. I can go to SmackDown. I can still challenge Roman Reigns. Maybe I'll put both titles on the line. Maybe he gets both titles and he just goes back and forth, but that, that would consider him a full-time wrestler, which I know he won't do. Nah. nah. See, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar being the champion right now is the best thing for, like, you know, the title for the sheer fact that chances are he's not going to get COVID. The part-time <laughs> champion. It's true. I mean, he does live in the middle of nowhere. And Saskatoon, as Sami Zayn reminded all of us a couple weeks ago. I thought, I thought he lived in North man. Dakota, but no, he, he lives in Canada. So. 
I wonder how Sable likes Canada. Uh, she probably sees the paycheck and doesn't give a damn. <laughs> That's probably true. I wonder. I wonder what Sable's doing right now. Probably just probably just hanging out. Probably just probably counting the money that he just made because he's the champion now. I mean, he makes that money whether he's a champion or not. But kudos to Brock Lesnar. But there, but there's a bump. There's a bump. A bump in pay? Really? You think so? He's champ. Well, he gets paid. A, he gets paid a lot of money. I don't think well, there's any. From what, from what uh, past champions have said, the uh, champion gets a bump in pay because they're representing the company. Oh, okay. I never. And then knew they that, go, so. and then they go back to their original pay after they lose the title. All right. Well, we can uh, talk about this probably all night for the entire episode, but I do want to get to some of the event. Um, starting off with what you what you told me last night, and for all the all of you listening out there, uh, we're using a different recording uh, recording app tonight, a recording website tonight. It's called Clean Feed. I hope you guys like it. I can hear myself speak though, so I'm just going to continue talking because it seems to be the easiest website to use right now um so bear with us we're we're trying different things um into the new year um and if this actually works out to where it's easier for all of us to speak and uh i can edit as much as i can um you know we can we can continue to use this this audio and stuff like that but continuing to talk about day one um let's start off with pat mcafee calling COVID 19 a son of a bitch and saying that's impacted all of our lives. So I truly love Pat McAfee. He brings a different aura to the uh, uh, to the uh, announce booth and with Michael Cole, because Michael Cole's probably the, the most professional one there. He's been there for the, the most years at this point. <laughs> and Pat McAfee just tells it like it is. Um, COVID-19, calling it a son of a bitch, is probably the best way to, to start it off. Um, and as we were talking about today, day one is not a premium pay-per-view event. It's just the show. More rumbles. No, 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 no. Uh, you can't call pay per views anymore. No, they're not they're just called sorry. premium. They're premium events. So was day one a premium so it, event then? Day one was a premium event. Oh, okay. All right. of the pay per views are premium events. Got it. Well, pay per views that we thought were pay per views. Okay. All right. Yeah, because you know the TV is just a live event. Yes. Televised live event, and then like you know the premiere event, which WD hasn't had a premiere event in a long time. They're bullshit stuff. So let's start with the uh, the pre-show. So we got Ridge Holland uh, and Sheamus versus Cesaro and Ricochet. And I'm looking at Ridge Holland's broken nose. Doesn't look that bad. Could have been worse. Could be uh, Joey Mercury. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody gets a Joey Mercury. No, nobody gets a Joey Mercury broken nose. Um, but it looked like uh, Ricochet got, um, yes, elevated up. His feet, a, his like feet a, and shin went right across his face. Yeah, a Ricochet flip. Cesaro helped Ricochet flip onto Holland for the pin, and his boot landed right on Rich Holland's face. Uh, broke his nose, uh, and then Sheamus eventually won by defeating Cesaro with the bro kick uh, in the pre-show. But kudos to Rich Holland. Uh, how do you how do you like Rich Holland so far on the, on the main roster? I had no idea who he was. It's it's sad because like like 
I'm literally the worst right now for the sheer fact that like I haven't been really paying attention to wrestling because every time I do, it's something really stupid. And like it's so disappointing now the state of NXT 2.0 and to what the pay-per-view like yeah, I understand they were in a bind with Roman Reigns and whatnot. But do you really have to have like somebody like Lesnar win the title and then you have this on the pre-show? And you still have Sheamus go over over two premier athletes. I mean, they could have changed that on the fly. But, like, they didn't. So it's like Sheamus beat, Sheamus beat Cesaro and Ricochet, which, once again, Cesaro is doing the kickoff show. And Ricochet, no matter how many times he uh, shows that he can be a capable superstar, they don't pull the trigger on him. He had his little run as United States champion when he was feuding with Samoa Joe, but that was about it. Right. I mean, with Cesaro, it, it, it's tough, though, because he he did have his time to get get the title. He went, he faced off with, with Roman Reigns for a little bit, and uh, those were some good matches, but it just seems like Cesaro's never going to get over that hump. Like, he's just going to... He was there. Like, he's, he's one of the, the most athletic guys they have in the business right now. Um, but he's just not. They didn't have to have him face Roman Reigns. They could have had him beat Lashley. Right. But I think they were trying to do something different with Lashley at the time, too. It's just like wrong place, wrong time, always for, for Cesaro. <laughs> it seems for like that's Antonio Cesaro. Right. That's, what, that's the way it's always been. But So that's the pre show. Uh, getting Kicking off the main card, uh, we have for the upteenth time. The Usos, Jimmy and Jay, the champions, the bloodline, versus the New Day, King Woods and Kofi Kingston. Uh, this match lasted at least 20 minutes. I have to get the official time here, but uh, me and you are watching it uh, together, Tony. And I'm, me personally, I'm always super impressed by, by both these teams. Um, it's getting into Cena-Orton territory, how many times they faced off. But every match that I've seen, it's has, it's, has not been a disappointment. Um, but I guess the, the, the main part of the match, obviously, was the very end when... Uh, the Usos hit Kofi Kingston with the 3D, and now they're calling it the 1D, which is one and done. And looking at uh, some news on uh, one of the many wrestling websites, WrestleView and PW Mania, they said that Bully Ray uh, retweeted and said gave gave it his blessing, which I think is shitty because it's Bully Ray, and Bully Ray should be pissed that he's they're using the move. But he decided to be a nice guy and be a babyface. And say, you know, good on them for using our move. And Devon's yeah, still a producer a, in the company, so he's he's being a babyface with the name of Bully Ray, <laughs> right? So anyway, uh, that match that yeah. match was 17 minutes and five seconds. All right, all right. But uh, winning by pinfall and still the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos. So uh, good first match to open off the card. Then we get to Kevin Patrick, Mr. Kevin Patrick, the. The British guy himself. I think he's British, or he, I think Scottish. It doesn't matter. He's a foreigner. He's a foreigner. Uh, welcome to America. Uh, Patrick um, asks about Brock Lesnar to Big E, and Big E basically says uh, he didn't have this scenario on his WWE Day One Bingo card. You can line everyone up in this match, and we'll knock them all down. And as we all talked about, he didn't knock Brock Lesnar down. So, oh well. And then. <laughs> 
Kayla Braxton's with Migos. Before this night, Tony, do you know? Did you know who Migos was? Uh, before, during, and after this night, I still don't know who they are. <laughs> They're like a very popular rap group, and and I just know them from watching other sporting events. So you're oh, that explains why I don't know them because yeah. rap is crap. Rap is crap. So then now we get to the next match, which I think is uh, for our our brethren, our uh, smug sob Corey Black. He always talks about revving up the tires in the in the mid card. Drew McIntyre is one of those guys, uh, and he was facing Matt Cat Moss with Happy Corbin. This match was okay. Uh, Drew McIntyre gets the win, but it was actually talked about later on, even before the attack backstage from Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin, that Drew McIntyre was injured. Um, he had, a, I guess, a contusion in his shoulder, and uh, I think that's why they went with the the backstage attack in the back, because he needs a little bit of time off. They said it shouldn't be too long, but they have said backstage that McIntyre has been doing double duty at live events um, with guys being out guys and girls being out because of COVID and he's been doing double duty on those events and just busting his ass every single night so kudos to Drew McIntyre but yeah eventually he's uh, he's going to burn out here in a little bit so hopefully he gets to the right time off and he gets uh, gets to 100% because we're on the road to Wrestlemania and Drew needs to be in the main event picture and I'll, he's not going to survive facing out He's not going to be in the main event picture. He's not going to be in it at all. You think? I don't think uh, he's not. He's definitely not going to be in the main event picture. He'll probably be mid card again somewhere. But like, he's definitely not going to go for like a title. If he faces Happy Corbin at, at WrestleMania, I'm going to I'm going to riot. So you might want to get prepared for that. Then. <laughs> right. Uh, Kevin Owens gets interviewed backstage. He's just really upset that. Brock Lesnar got added. It's a tragedy and a travesty. He said, pick one and go with it. Um, and then he has to pay Brock Lesnar for what he did to his soulmate, Sami Zayn. So I love that friendship. It's It's been up and down more than a teenage relationship uh, in going to prom and, and breaking up because you want to be away. And then, you know what, I still love you. And it's a mess. What a mess that relationship is. But the next match, Tony's favorite. RK bro, Randy Orton Riddle, Street Profits, Montez Ford, and Angelo Dawkins. I'm be honest with you, didn't get to watch any of this match because I got a phone call. And uh, but, but Tony watched it. Tony, what are your thoughts on this match with RK bro getting the win, the retaining the title? I think my silence speaks enough for it. <laughs> yep, Tony doesn't like I mean, Riddle, I mean, and uh, we we all know why. I mean, we both we both said during like part of this match, the part that you saw was, you're a mate. You're can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you just went silent real fast. There you go. Um, that we were both like amazed that Randy Orton still hasn't turned on Riddle. Yes, yes. This I'm... could have been a perfect time. <laughs> I think every time I'm in the ring, it's a perfect time. Like he's gonna turn on him. It's gonna be bad. Not to mention, like, I like the Street Profits, and yet, yeah, they are former champions, but come on, you don't have any, like, that many legit tag teams in the WWE as it is right now, so you make a makeshift bullshit uh, horse shit <laughs> of Flippy Randy Orton and Riddle. Like, what the hell? 
Well, just just like you said, Randy Orton. Randy Orton's living it up, uh, just kind of hanging out in the apron. Yeah, yeah. Randy Orton has the easy schedule. (laughs) He does. But God, but geez, oh man, if WWE just loves the Mash theme songs all together, and it just sounds like the biggest turd you've ever heard. (laughs) My God. Next match. Come on. Next match continuing. Right before that, though, this is when Drew McIntyre is talking backstage um, about Madcap Moss, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss dastardly attack on him. Um, Corbin hits Moss with a Glasgow kiss, but Corbin hits McIntyre in the midsection with a chair, and then he gets uh, one of the metal scaffolding after putting McIntyre's head inside a chair and slamming it on the ground. Um, basically, it looks like he broke his clavicle. That's where the storyline's going to go. Um, McIntyre struggling to breathe, and Adam Pierce is back there saying, "Get some, get some people back here, and uh, get some medical people back here." So, more to come on that. Should be interesting to see on Monday night what where they go with Drew McIntyre and how they go from there. But like I said, he's le- he's legitimately injured, so it's a good way to write him off for a little while to come back. Uh, next up, Brock Lesnar comes out. Uh, he says he's a free agent, thanks to his advocate, Paul Hammond. And tonight he's going to go to the ring and walk out as the WWE Heavyweight Champion of the World, which is a whole phrase I haven't heard in a while, and I love it. Um, and he said that's not a prediction, it's a spoiler. So, uh, next up we got Miz versus Edge. Unfortunately, Corey missed us. 20-minute Cor- match. Yeah, Corey, Corey's favorite uh, wrestler is Edge. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Come on now, Shane. Don't disrespect Corey like that. We all know that Edge is his second favorite after Roman Reigns. Yeah, we're just going to put fuel to the fire here because the Cowboys and lost that, today and we're just going to keep talking trash on Corey. And then on the bottom of that list of favorites is the dead man. <laughs> the, the bottom. Yeah, the bottom The bottom might be the top. But uh, So the one thing I, I don't understand, and I said this last night during our little watch-along, is... Uh, Edge makes his entrance to the Brood Fire. No one knows in that crowd who the Brood was or were. They don't know the music. Luckily, we know because we're a bunch of nerds. And I just don't. I don't get it. I never really liked Edge and the Brood. I didn't. I didn't really didn't make him popular in my eyes. Um, him being in the tag team with Christian made him what he was to be the rated R superstar. So getting this Brood stuff, I'm over it. I want him to move on. But then, like, he goes, like, halfway down the, the ramp and then bends over, like, bows, and then on this day theme plays. Just, 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 just keep the on this day theme, Edge. Okay, stop with the brood stuff. No one cares. Or, or at least or at least just come down to the ring with one theme. That's what I'm saying. I don't care if it's yeah. the brood. I don't care if it's the brood for pay-per-views. Just go to the entire way to the ring with that music playing. Don't stop halfway and then have to wait for your cue to hit your pyro. And don't get me wrong, I like Edge. I've always been a fan of Edge. But goddamn, this is the dumbest thing in the world. Just saying, hot One take. One of the dumbest things. Hot take. The person that was the most popular in the brood was Gangrel. So, The Miz versus Edge in a match that was 20 minutes. And I was telling you guys, because Tobin came on this time. Lucky strike for those who don't know who Tobin is. And I was like... This is not good of a match. This looks like they haven't faced off in like 15 years, which is probably true. Um, but Maurice is down there just to be eye candy. And uh, the Miz, Miz She looks so lost. 
Yeah, yeah. You said that too. Like she doesn't know where to stand, and I think she was supposed to interfere a little bit earlier at the end of the match, but she like came up on the apron and then told the referee to come over because like I think the referee lost track as well. It was yeah. It was but a like Maurice just yeah, she did not know where to be at ringside. Every time she moved, she always like oh maybe I should be over here now. Oh maybe I should be over there now. It's like god damn this plastic surgery hurts. So it's just it's just out of it. Right. So Maurice uh Maurice gets on the apron like I said a little bit late it seems like if if you go back and watch it and argues with the referee and then all of a sudden the glamazon Zena Warrior out. Princess comes out. <laughs> I know, right? Glamazon, my girl back in the day. Beth Phoenix comes out to ringside and all I said was I smell a mixed tag team match at WrestleMania. That's what that's what I see right here. That's why she left the booth and NXT 2.0, and she goes, I'm going to go and stand up for my husband. That's where we go from there. Yeah, so let's let's see if we get this straight. They're going to set up a match between Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and Maurice. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Beth Phoenix can beat The Miz and Maurice by herself. I think that's the point, but I think they're going to have Miz and Mrs. go over. <laughs> Well, it depends on whenever the new season of the show happens. If it's if it's is it if it's the senior uh, the season premiere, maybe. But if it's the finale, oh, they're definitely going over. I know, right? So we're about halfway through this thing, and I was looking at all the matches, and I go, you know what? We still have an Intercontinental Title match coming up, and you're like, really? And I said, yeah. I said it's supposed to be Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. And of course, the one match that Corey was looking forward to, and I always got to bring up Corey because he loves Sami Zayn, and he always gets shit on. Sami Zayn does, and uh, they cut his match out. <laughs> yeah, they did. Even after not they having mean... the actual main event with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, they needed to stretch out for time. They couldn't even add another match in there. That's how much they don't care about. I mean, Sami Zayn. They don't even mention it. No, they didn't even mention it. Like it wasn't even a part. It wasn't even supposed to be a part of the night. It's like, yeah, let's just sweep it under the rug and walk past it like we have, we don't even see it but going from one mediocre match to another Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship now this match may have been just as bad if not worse than Miz and Edge it was very sloppy in my eyes and um, again with all due respect I'm a fat guy that's very out of shape and could not get into the ring and beat any of these women up at all but because I'm standing behind a mic on a computer on a podcast, I can say what I want, and this match wasn't that good. <laughs> oh, you're a you're a you're a mic guy, tough guy, huh? I, I I am a mic guy, tough guy, and I feel like sometimes I'm a keyboard warrior. Okay, so but oh shit, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I but I think we'll leave the keyboard warrior uh, stuff to Tobin as he gets brutally attacked verbally every day by the internet wrestling community or what I will call it from the time this time forward the IWC uh, he has some good stories and good situations if Tobin gets on here before the end of the night he's got to tell us a story about what happened last week with them just calling him out over an AEW comment it's fantastic um, but yeah Liv Morgan Becky Lynch Liv Morgan's trying her best to to get the title I get it she's trying to she's trying to climb up that mountain she, she, she's trying to get the title. She's scratching. She's clawing. But there's no way you're going to win. It was just sloppy. Um, and they got the manhandle slam for the win off the middle rope, um, which I don't really like. Just beat her with the uh, 
the arm bar. But um, arm bar, arm bar, disarmer. You know what I mean. Um, and even WrestleView said in, in a tweet, there are really there are really some rough spots in this match, but overall, Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan was pretty good. Nope, just stay stay the course with that first comment. Don't give them the benefit of the doubt. It could have been a lot better. All right, you could have put uh, Ronda Rousey in there. All right, and it could have been a little bit better. And you know how Good I feel time. about Ronda Rousey. Yeah, you know how I feel about Ronda Rousey. So Seth Rollins is interviewed backstage by Kevin Patrick. He seems to be everywhere tonight. And he's just really upset because it was supposed to be Rollins and Big E for the title. And then everybody bullied their way in. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar his way in. <laughs> and the other four men have something in common that gives Rollins the advantage down on him. So now his full name on the lower third on the graphic is Seth freaking Rollins. There's that. So, good for everybody to be there. And now we're we're finally here. The Fatal 5-Way match. Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley with MVP, Brock Lesnar, and the champion, Big E. Okay, first things first. One, we uh, when you asked me earlier if Big E could go over. I said anything's possible, basically. Right. Then the match happened. The entrance is happening. Obviously... We've all said this in the past. The champion should always come out last. This does not happen. Big E comes out fourth. And then Brock Lesnar comes out. I was like, nope, there it is. Lesnar's going to win. <laughs> Got to get the crowd set up. The the 13,725, but it was actually only 10,000. Good job there, WWE. I don't know what the difference is, but... It's all about ticket sales. and doesn't matter if people actually showed up. As long as they bought the tickets. I guess, but... I guess 99%. I mean, it was sold out, but it was sold out with 10,000 because of the way the entrance way was. So, the way the internet is now, we're, we're supposed to have a show on it. We can have a whole hour show about the internet and how it's, I, I feel it's ruined the wrestling community. Um, and it just hasn't made it fun anymore. That's why I got off social media. Uh, that they have all these, they have all these <laughs> you're, websites. You're, you're off social media, but yet you're like, I want to do a podcast. Well, yeah. put it on social media. <laughs> well, I mean, I put it on... I mean, social media to me is Twitter and Facebook. Spotify's not social the, media to me. The Twitter! Yeah, I don't... I don't do Twitter, man. Lucky Strike does Twitter. And he tells me the horror stories. I'm good. I'm glad I'm not on Twitter. The horror stories? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we'll go to the end of the match here. I'll, I'll read the little, uh, little excerpt here from WrestleView. Uh, Lashley sizes up Lesnar and applies the hurt lock. Biggie breaks up the move and hits Lashley with the big ending. Biggie then scoops up Lesnar, which is really impressive. Uh, but Lesnar slides off and hits the WWE champion with the F5, and that's all you need. F5 for the win. And you have a new WWE World Heavyweight Champion is Brock Lesnar. Kudos so. them for actually having them pin the champion. Yes. Yeah. So the, the the reason why I love wrestling too is even without COVID, if something you know terrible happens on the fly and you have to put somebody into the match, like COVID throws everybody for a loop now because this could happen, you know, at all times. Um, just put somebody into a match, and the way that they did it was was very what's the word I'm looking for? Was very good on their feet, and they said, you know what, we're gonna have you know Brock Lesnar in this match, and then. Every wrestler in that match has to think differently. 
they have to go on a different level and say, okay, this is how the match is going to go. And that's what makes wrestling, you know, it's, it's going to sound really quirky, but it's what makes wrestling beautiful. It's just like all the, all the plans they had for that match get scrapped in minutes, and they're like, all right, we have to scramble. And then just the way the match happened, there wasn't any bad spots during that match. It could have been like a, a botch fest because Lesnar's Lesnar and, you know, Big E is, you know, throwing people around. But they had him. Lesnar in. Lesnar did his thing. He got his ass beat by Bobby Lashley. He got speared through the barricade, um, and all that stuff. And it was it was awesome. And the way the way it, the way it came off on TV was very well thought out. And it, you know it wasn't because they only had a few hours before it went on. So I thought it was. I mean, impressive. everybody everybody assumes it's just because Brock Lesnar's back, like around that he's going to get his way. Keep in mind, it was Brock. We're going back. It was Brock Lesnar's idea for Goldberg to beat him in 26 seconds, basically. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And Brock Lesnar was interviewed saying that he didn't want to uh, be the one to uh, end the Undertaker streak. Undertaker chose him. And he's like, I don't really want to do it, but if you have that kind of uh, respect for me, all right. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, that was... We all know who's the, who's pulling the strings back there. It's like we need a big powerhouse to be champion. So we got Roman, and who can we get Roman to face? Oh, Lesnar. Okay, Roman's got COVID. Put him in the WWE picture. Put him the title on him. It doesn't make sense. No. I think Big E was a great champion, um, and from what I read, uh, he was supposed to actually win that match before Lesnar was added to it. Who, Big, Big E? Yeah, he was supposed to walk out champion. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's where that's where I'm very interested in uh, you know, knowing what they're going to do from here with, with Lesnar being champ and with Big E. Like I said, stuff. I think he should get the rematch at the Rumble. Yeah, I don't see why not. Um, with Reigns, though, I mean, I'm actually even more interested in Reigns, like where they go with him and and like who's, who would be next. I mean, because the guys that hey, as they brought up, they, he just destroyed. As long as he's still champion, Corey's a happy guy. <laughs> I'm surprised. I mean, I thought Corey actually gave Roman Reigns COVID-19. That's that's just me. No, see, Corey was so upset that uh, Roman wasn't part of the pay-per-view last night that he just couldn't bear to watch the show. Of course, he used I have to work as the excuse, but... We know the truth, people. We all know the truth. He was sad that Roman wasn't part of the show, and he just had to be like, I'm boycotting it tonight. Well, another interesting thing is on Raw, when I was looking at, at my TV, and it has the seasons of Monday Night Raw, and, and um, because wrestling is 365 days a year, they start every a new season every year. So like the first episode of the year starts a new season. It's not like a, a mini series or things like that. So this is season number thirty of Monday Night Raw. Started in nineteen ninety three. So how does that make you feel, Tony? What was that number again? Thirty. Thirty years for Monday Night Raw. Uh, I mean, I'm, <laughs> makes I'm you feel kind old. Of... <laughs> Consider, considering I'm 35, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, thanks a lot Shane. You're welcome. That, that, that's why I'm here. I think you're the real smug SOB now. Yeah, I'm trying to take over for a little bit. Corey can't be with us tonight. Lucky Strike Tobin is trying his damnedest to be on here right now. Um, but continuing the uh, 
the the wrestling conversation. We're gonna we're gonna pivot a little bit. We're gonna talk about a little pivot. We're gonna pivot to the real wrestling organization, AEW, and we're gonna BS a little bit about AEW Dynamite. They're gonna debut on TBS, the Mothership, baby, this Wednesday night at eight o'clock. Should be eight oh five. That's not. Should be six oh five actually, but it's too early on the West Coast. Um, and we have a we have a, we have a big show this Wednesday night on TBS. We finally have the longest tournament in the world in the TBS title. Wait a minute. Before you before you continue, do you think people still remember the six oh five or the eight oh five? I absolutely believe slot? that not one person believes what the brood is. And what the mothership at 605 means, I have, I have every, I have no doubt in my mind. No one knows what they're talking about, unless they're like an older crowd, like our age, which you know, 18 to 34. Once you're 35, you don't fucking know what's going on in WCW back in '93. You don't know the mothership. WCW. That's the thing. Like so, like the, the demographic is becoming older, like our age, and we remember. But if you're like 18, you have. Like, I, I talk to people at work all the time that are, like, 23 years old. I say, John Candy, and they don't know who I'm talking about. It really bothers me. And it makes me very upset. So, like, I talk about, like, shows on Nickelodeon that we used to watch as kids. They have, they have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. I was like, all right. I told one of my coworkers the other day about John Wayne, and she had no idea what I was talking about. And I was like, okay, sounds good. I'm just gonna keep on living my life then. It's just very, it's a very sad society we're gonna we're gonna join. I'm just becoming These people. I'm becoming older and I'm becoming more bitter. It's not good. Not good at all. All right, back to dynamite. <laughs> yeah, back to dynamite. So finally, I'm trying to find these matches for for uh, what's coming up. What's coming up this week? I can't find them. Coming soon to TBS premieres. Premieres Wednesday. You think I should be a little more, a little more prepared for the show, right? Eh, I'm not. Um, it was on a whim. Yeah, it was on a whim. It was. We were just going to BS about some wrestling, but I'm trying to see who is in the final match. I think it's Jade Cargill and Ruby Soho for the TBS title. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Soho. Ruby, Ruby. And we can talk about big swollen diversity, but I don't feel like talking about that tonight. Well we, well, we can't talk about Big Swole without Tobin. Yeah, we can't. We really can't talk about Big Swole without Tobin. We can also talk about um, that, what Corey that, said was that, Tony Atlas' that, debut on NXT. Or on, <laughs> on Dynamite. I'm like, you mean Jake Atlas? He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tony Atlas. Yeah, we were, like, Tobin needs to address the whole Big Swole thing. AW Dynamite matches. What's going on here, guys? Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we got Hangman. Oh, You're so prepared. How, how, how did I forget about this? Don't do it. We Don't have, do it. We have Don't do it. Don't do it. AEW World Heavyweight Championship match between the world champion Hangman Page and Brian Danielson, a rematch of their 60-minute main event on Winter is Coming. Epic main event. It's better than the Iron Man match. So disappointed in you right now. (laughs) 
So, so what do you think is going to happen, Tony? You think Hangman Page is going to retain? Uh, I hope not. Okay. For the sheer fact that he's so boring, so boring. Here's my opinion about the whole thing. I think it's a great rivalry, and it clearly shows that you know Hangman Page is one of those champions that has talent, but doesn't have the same wrestling ability as Brian Danielson. If you look at the stats that this one person came up with, he watched the whole match and he brought up counters and submissions and pins. I was like, good for you, man. A lot of time on your hands. Um, but it was clearly, clearly the uh, the winner was Brian Danielson in all those categories uh, with submissions and pins and all that. And counters, let's, of course. Uh, let's look at this. Hangman Page is finisher is the what buckshot lariat? The buckshot lariat, a okay flippity floppy clothesline. <laughs> so basically, this is a bullshit move for the sheer fact that he flips over the top rope, doesn't really have momentum going forward because he stops and then clotheslines somebody. It's not like when JBL would go like throw the guy into the turnbuckle hit the ropes, and then, bam, decapitate somebody. This buckshot clariat is the dumbest move I've ever seen, and we used to see the Samoan Spike. The Samoan it's Spike? It's just bad. Come on. From Umaga? I know. I don't care about Umaga, dude. That, that was literally That was literally a thumb to the neck. <laughs> it beat a lot of men. The, 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 the buckshot layer is worse than the finger poke of doom. Wow. The buckshot layer is worse than the finger poke of doom? Yes. Wow, man. That's a hot take. <laughs> what are you watching back there? Jurassic Park? I thought you said you couldn't hear that. Oh, now I can. <laughs> That's all I hear in the background. Is it, is it Jurassic Park? Am I right? No, I'm watching Black Widow. Oh, same thing. Um, so, <laughs> AEW World Championship match. Here's my opinion on it. They have. They always like to, like premature. Like prematurely. I I, I know the word I want to say, but I'm not going to say it. They just like they go like all out, very early in the story, and then now like now I don't know I don't know where they go from here. You had a 60 minute draw. It just it reminds me of like the the old school WCW like on the mothership, and I get where they're going with it, but it's just like too much like back in the day. I want Tony Khan to kind of make make, make his own path. You know, you don't have to have a sixty minute draw and then go from there. I think the sixty minute draw should have been at a pay per view. And isn't then, this Daniel? Isn't this Brian Danielson's second sixty minute draw since he's been there? Yes. Or was it? Or was the uh, first one a thirty minute draw? The first one was a thirty minute draw. <clears throat> Regardless, he faced both the champions at the time, and they both went to a draw in their first encounter together. It's like, come on. How do you feel about Brian Danielson being a, being a heel? Is he a heel? Oh yeah, I I, I feel it's very weird. I it's just, is he I is like... he a heel or is he just like you know just telling it like like it is, and just being honest with people and not really like you know. He's not really attacking anybody but uh, Adam Page, right? No, he he attacks every town he's in. You know, it's like one of those like typical heel things, where he's like, "I don't want to be here in this crap town in Insert City here," and you know, but I'll do it f for you know for myself. 
and then he just like he 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 clearly is a heel. Yeah, but he to me he's a he's a very um, very bad at it. I don't really like. So it that basically, much. so basically, he's a heel from whenever he was in WWE, and he was like, "You either like being environmentally friendly, or I hate you all." Yeah, this is just a little bit. He different. actually he actually said during one of his promos that, like I think it was around along the lines of Hangman Page is fickle, and everyone like lost their shit because that's what he used in WWE. Oh uh, yeah, well that's his favorite word is fickle. I know. I feel like there's like a fine line between like. You're either an AEW fan or you're a WWE fan, and there's no in between. And if you are in between, you're not allowed to be in between. So you get out. So that's basically you and me. Exactly. Like, I feel like I'm right in between, and I'm fine with being there, and people want to, like, force me on one side or the other. But I don't want to be because I want to enjoy both. And we have a wrestling show that respects both companies. At least I respect both shows. Our our confidants don't. Um, Well, I mean, I did until Adam Page became champion. Yeah, I understand. But... I, I just think that uh, the fans too they get they get really excited over things that were made popular in WWE and to me that just defeats the purpose of if you're an AEW fan <laughs> like when when Brian Anderson comes out you shouldn't still be saying yes he doesn't want to use it he said he wants to respect you know that that part of his career it's in the past it's in WWE he wants to make his a new a new beginnings great good for him but people still do it. And those are probably the same keyboard warriors online. The WWE sucks. I was like, well, you're still saying yes. Where'd you hear yes at? In the WWE. So stop it. Just why can't he be? Why can't he be Brian Dan- uh, Daniel Bryan? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, again, the internet's the internet's ruining wrestling. But that's yeah, when we were when we were kids, we had America Online, and you had to wait 20 years for just to load one page. Back in the day, I didn't know anybody's real name, and I was surprised by everything that happened on the TV as it happened. There wasn't any spoilers. There wasn't any rumors and innuendo. There was just, you watch every every week, and you get something new. And then on the pay-per-view night, you get Sunday Night Heat, you get more storylines, and you get surprised. Unpredictability. That's what I like. I'll put I'll, I'll sidetrack real fast. Um, when you were a kid, when did you find out about the truth about wrestling? Hmm. I remember watching. I think it was TBS, and they were doing the. Um, it was like along the lines of like the the Ripley's Believe It or Not, like magic trick secrets. It was the illusions of the ring. And then yeah, and then like the illusions of the ring come on, and I was like, all right, and then. Um, I forget who told me. It was one of my family members. He's like, you know, wrestling's fake, right? And I'm like, what do you mean by fake? But like everything's everything's like everything's predetermined. Like the wrestlers know what's gonna happen, and they they like rehearse their moves. And I was like, oh, I'm like okay. I'm like, and then my dad always says, he's like, you'll grow out of it someday. Like it's just a phase. And here I am. Man, was a, your dad wrong? Yeah, doing a podcast <laughs> about wrestling in 2022. I'm th- I'm 34 years old. So uh, no, I just I love I love every aspect. I I actually like it more that it's predetermined. I I like it more that you know we can talk about what like what's gonna happen tomorrow night on Raw. You know with with Brock Lesnar. Like I don't know. Like I don't know what's gonna happen. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good that I don't know what's gonna happen. But you know, just things like that. I I just like talking about what could happen or booking or the history of it and people's opinions. So. But yeah, that's probably the first time I, you know, I 
got to know that wrestling was fake. But when you watch it, though, as much as we did, and you're seeing guys jump off ladders into tables and taking chair shots to the head and literally shot, or Shawn Michaels, um, Stone Cold getting hit by a car, legit, after Survivor Series, um, that shit's not fake. So... You, you, you can't you can't fake any of that stuff. You just got to go with it and see what happens. And you know, there's been guys legitimately hurt from it. So I can't. I have to give them all the respect in the world. I, I can't do those moves, whether I'm it's predetermined or not. So yeah, I just lo- I love the people that are like it's predetermined. It's like yeah, who gives a shit? It's like let's see you go in there and take a bump. No, take a bump. The thing is, like, either take a bump is, like, only a small aspect of it. You have to cohesively come up with a match with a beginning and end with, obviously, in the best-case scenario, no botches, no mess-ups, and you have to just connect with your opponent in the ring, keep them safe at the same time, and make it Yeah, one, mista- one mistake, <laughs> yeah. and you're both crippled. Yeah, it's just like, it's not, uh, yeah, it's not like fun and games in there. You know, it's just... And anytime, anytime somebody says wrestling's fake, I pull up the clip of The Undertaker and Mankind from <laughs> Hell in a Cell where he throws him off the cage, and I go, how do you fake that? Where's the, where's the wire? Well... Where's he, the wire that just let him go down there? He wanted to do that. And then, and then they go, well, what else you got? I go, oh, wait, ten minutes later, where he goes through the cage that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> He's like, fuck. That's what, that, 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 that is literally like the ultimate botch, because that cage roof was not supposed to break. Nope. And that ring, when he hit, was solid. Yep. I was like, so how is that fake? No. Uh... And they go like this, oh, that looked really nasty. It's like, you can walk away now. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's probably the first time I knew that. And then, um, for me, I, you know, I have a friend who will remain nameless that to this day tells me that wrestling is not a sport because it's predetermined. And I get very upset by that comment. <laughs> I'm like, how do you figure? I'm like, they're, they're more athletic or just as athletic as football, hockey. Wrestling, yeah. wrestling is... How do I put it? Wrestling is entertainment because it's predetermined, but it's a sport because of the physicality. Yeah, I can I, I can agree with that. I can go with that. So, but no, it's fake. They cut themselves. That yeah, sounds good. I'll, I'll cut you in a second. All right. So, uh, continuing with the uh, the dynamite on Wednesday, TBS, eight o'clock, <clears throat> AEW World Championship match, Hangman Page and Brian Danielson. AEW World Tag Team Championship match the Lucha Brothers versus the Jurassic Express will the Jurassic Express finally get off the schneid and win the AEW World Tag Team titles probably not Um, but they're there again they've been at the number one seed over and over and over again for the past two years and they've always come up short with either the Bucky Boys FTR now the Lucha Brothers they ever going to get there we'll see Um, then we finally have the championship tournament finals of the longest tournament in the history of wrestling. The TBS Women's Championship. Okay, I'm back. You're back? Yeah, sorry. Oh, my, okay. my, my screen went off and therefore everything shut down. Oh, okay. So well, the last thing I heard was the you re- repeated on uh, the world title match. 
Well, good thing I have the gift of gab because I kept talking and didn't even know you were gone. So. Oh well, hell, don't I feel special? I know. Sorry. Continuing with it, I said we have the so we have the world championship match: Hangman Page, Brian Danielson, and then we have the AEW World Tag Team match. And I basically said, will the Jurassic Express finally get off the Schneid and win the tag team titles? Probably not. Uh, you know what? That match, I would be okay with either winner. I don't. I mean. I, I like both teams. But, so do I. But Corey, Corey brings up a good point. Like, because he likes Jurassic Express. He's just like, are they ever going to win the title? Like, they've, they've been in the number one seed for, like, two, two, over two years, I think, it feels like. And they've always come up short against the Bucky Boys or FTR and now the Lucha Brothers. And But but I don't see them beating the Lucha Brothers because they're both a face team. Yeah, I, see Jurassic, I see Jurassic Express being the underdogs against the heel team. Yeah, like the uh, Bucky when they were facing the Bucky Boys, but we saw how that ended. But like, say like the Lucha Brothers lose to FTR in the future, just throwing them out there, and then FTR loses to Jurassic Express, that would make more sense right. than them facing than them beating a, a a face team like them. I mean, maybe it's maybe they'll do it, and like at the end of it, they actually like you know shake hands and. They go, they walk to the back, the Lucha Brothers do, but like, I just don't see them beating another face team after all they've been through. I see them facing a heel team and finally getting that moment. A, a small part of me wants to think that Jungle Boy is going to turn on Luchasaurus at some point. Yeah, because, you know, that makes sense. Is he, is he saying that sarcastically, or it doesn't make sense? It doesn't make sense. Why? I see Luch I see Luchasaurus. Uh, if anybody's going to turn, it's going to be the giant turning on the smaller guy. I know. I, know I don't see Jungle Boy ever being a heel. I like. I see, you can see Luchasaurus becoming a heel because he's the big powerhouse, and the big powerhouse is always the uh, heel when it comes down to it. Again, this is AEW we're talking about. Again, another yeah. illogical wrestling company. <laughs> Still, I, I say what I say. I know. I, I understand. That's that's why I like it. Everybody has a difference of opinion. I don't know. I just feel the uh, that um, no holds barred match at uh, full gear. Well, yeah, that's right. Full gear. I have no idea what you're talking about. I forget what the pay per view was called. I don't know why. The one, the one, the one that just happened and I bought a couple months ago. It was a no holds barred match. It was the Bucky Boys and Jurassic Express and all that, and um, they did the. Jungle Boy did the concerto. It might have been. It might have been full gear. Either full gear. It was like one of the dynamites, and like he had that. Like Christian was like looking at him, like calming him down, but like egging him on because the concerto was made popular by Edge and Christian, so on and so forth. And he's like, and he like held him, and he's like, you know, you're good, you're good. You gotta, you gotta turn on the switch. And I thought that's when like Jungle Boy would turn heel and just be like, you know, screw you, Luchasaurus, and I'm out of here. But we'll see. And that's just my hot take. Um, yeah, I don't see I don't see Luke Perry Jr. turning heel. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Um, all right. So then, what I was saying when you got back on was the longest championship tournament in the history of wrestling. The, I'm pretty sure that started whenever we were in our 20s. It did. I think it actually started like halfway through our show history. We've been we we've been on the uh, the podcast wave since May of 2021, and this tournament started I think in October. So. It's been a long road, but we're finally here. There's two ladies left. There's Ruby Soho and Ruby, Jade Carter. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Soho. And I do love when Taz sings the song. Makes me happy. Makes me smile. 
Uh, Ruby Soho versus Jade Cargill, two of the top women in the business. Jade Cargill well. wants to. Hey, Jade, Jade Cargill's pretty good. She's 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 pretty tall. She's massive. She's got athletic ability. She has Robert Stone Jr. by her side, Mark Sterling, um, and she's going for that bitch show title. Oh is, well, which doesn't make sense, but she calls it that, and she wants a TBS title. Ruby Soho seems like the clear winner here, but I think that's one of the reasons why Jade Cargo will probably win first, and then Ruby will try to claw her way back into it, and then win eventually. I think Ruby will win it because she didn't beat Brick Baker, so they'll probably put the title on her now. This title on her. Mm-hmm. All right. And Jay Cargill is back to the mid card. Well, it's smart the t- Mark it, Sterling. It, it's the TBS title. It's clearly a mid card title. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, it's for the TBS side of of Dynamite. I mean. You got that. Sooner or later, they're going to have women's tag team titles. You know it. I don't know why they don't have a six-man title yet. They have a lot. I, I, I hope they don't. No? Why not? I just find it ridiculous. They have a lot of I know, I didn't, teams, though. I didn't like it in Ring of Honor. I don't like it. I just don't like uh, six-man tag title belts. All right. That's fair. Um, and then we have a grudge match. Malachi Black versus Brian Pillman Jr., Malachi Black's been basically murdering everybody out of Varsity Club. So, you know, the Varsity Blondes or whatever the fuck they're called. He doesn't like them. Malachi Black is uh, going to hurt Brian Pillman Jr. To a point where Brian Pillman Jr. is trying to win this match. He's not going to. But Malachi Black, talk about somebody that's just kind of stuck. And no offense to Brian Pillman Jr., all due respect. Malachi Black is has not been in the main event picture whatsoever since he came on the roster. He's basically yeah, in the same spot he was in NXT. I mean, he started kind of getting in, not main event, but upper card with the Cody Rhodes feud, and then it just went down. It's downhill quick. But, Fair. yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but, like, I wish he was upper, upper in the cards, but uh, I don't know what the hell. A lot of people are saying that it's because too, too many, many times. There's too many too, people. Too many people at too many uh, and not enough uh, TV time. No, and that's that's the sad thing. Like, there's so much TV with dark and dark elevation, but you don't really count those shows because they're online. Like, and like, then and then the sad thing is, the more people WWE releases, the more AEW picks up. Sooner or later, Keith Lee is going to show up. You know it. I mean, yeah. Where else is he going to go? To get like the same exposure that he did, like the getting the same exact exposure that you got in WWE, the only other option is AEW. And you, I guess you can say Impact if you want, but I wouldn't count them. But other people would. I mean, I guess you would count them because they are on cable TV, but like same mass exposure, I guess you should say, it's going to be AEW, or that's it. Like you're not going to go to Japan. You know, especially with COVID, it's tough to do. If you're going to go there, you got to live there. Um, you go, you can go to Impact. You can go to NWA if you want, but I don't know. I just saw the other just earlier today. I was just trying to look up some NWA stuff, and at Hard to Kill Two back in December, it was the champion, as we all know, Trevor Murdoch, versus Mike Knox in the main event for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 
Mike Knox. Oh yeah, I, I heard you. I just, I just didn't want to reply because Mike fucking Knox. Tony. Why? <laughs> I'm like, where, where are they getting these guys at? Where are they getting these lower card, early two thousands WWE guys at? What in the world is going on? So, that's what I saw. Um, but and then the last match right now that's scheduled for this Wednesday's TBS Dynamite is MGF versus To Be Determined. It should be interesting to see what happens there. It's not going to be CM Punk. They're probably going to wait for the next pay-per-view, Revolution. And go from there. <laughs> so basically the premiere episode of Dynamite on TBS isn't featuring CM Punk. That no. is shocking to me. Yeah. Some of these marks are saying that there's someone's going to make a big debut against MJF. Oh... But that's just some random it's person gonna be, saying this. It's going to be Hornswoggle. going to be Hornswoggle. Damn right, man. Yeah. He's going to hit that tadpole splash right off the top rope. Oh, I forgot to say this, too. Uh, this came out today. Uh, the producers for the, the day one matches uh, for the Liv Morgan-Becky Lynch match, it was Tyson Kidd and Molly Holly. No wonder why the match is a shit show. Um... And then you have the main event was Jamie Noble. Oh, Nidia, get my girl Nidia. I could I could have did without hearing that part. Just saying, he was he 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 did it. He was the producer. Good for him. And then Adam Pierce and Freebird Michael Hayes do 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 produced the Edge and Miz match. Shane Helms and Kenny Dykstra produced RK Row and Street Profits. Remember Kenny. From, Kenny! Kenny! From the uh, Spirit Squad. Then you have Chris Park, who we all know as Abyss, produced Drew McIntyre and Mad Cat Moss. And then you have Sean Davari, produced New Day and Usos. I do like hearing little things like that. So, like, who the producers were. So, mm. good for them. So, and here's what we were talking about earlier, Tony. Uh, an interesting fact has been caught by... Many people viewing last night's day one pay-per-view. It seems, in fact, the word pay-per-view WWE has used for years and years has been replaced by premium live events. It's the yeah, first we, time. Yes. We, we said that at the beginning of the show. We did, yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just reading from one of the websites here. I want to see what they say about it. So it said it'll be interesting to see if they continue to use the term premium live events despite some backlash and irony that they are facing online due to this sudden change. <laughs> It's not a paper. It's not pay per view anymore. Yeah, but people can still buy it on Comcast. Like you can still buy these shows. Comcast is one of the very few you can actually buy a pay per view on WWE still. Okay. People people actually still buy it, which is really sad. There's like a couple thousand people that still buy it. So, anything else you want to anything else you want to hit on other than our final our final fun question of the night, Tony? No, I think we hit most of it. We did. We've been on for exactly an hour, so I liked it. It didn't feel like an hour. It's, it was good. Just like you said, verbatim, let's just bullshit about wrestling, and God damn it, we did it. All right? <laughs> we do this for hours on end anyway. Might as well record ourselves and put ourselves on the Spotify. Yes, the Spotify. All right, so last question of the night. Tony came up with it. Our most memorable wrestling Christmas gifts. So, Tony, you first. Oh, man. I can remember getting the 
Legion of Doom shoulder pads and wristbands. Oh, shit, man. Cool. Um, when I was a kid, um, it was an early Christmas uh, gift because obviously if it shows up in the mail and it has a, and it's a box, somebody's opening it, and I opened it, and I saw it, and I was like, oh man, because back in the day when I was a kid, Legion of Doom was one of the top uh, tag teams that I enjoyed. Um, whenever I can remember those shoulder pads, whenever they would start to rip, get old, get old duct tape out and start duct taping them up. So, uh, from that to what Christmas gifts turned out in, in, into the future with replica belts, uh, you know, I think I'm doing good, but, um, what about you, Shane? So for me, I remember one year I opened up a gift for... Um, from my wife and being a wrestling fan obviously uh, a child of the Attitude Era I never had an Austin shirt no matter what it was whether it was 316 or a Skull or a Watt shirt or anything like that and what? One... go ahead what? what? so the one year my wife um, got me a Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirt um, the, the what t-shirt and I'll be honest, the what really annoyed me when it happened, and then it's Stone Cold, so it grew on me. And um, I got that shirt, along with a couple other gifts that year. And I told you that I, I wanted to remember, but I don't remember the other two gifts I got, but it was all wrestling. But I got I got the what shirt, and then the one year I got a Jericho-holic t-shirt, which I really, really love, um, especially the back. It tells me the reasons why I'm a Jericho-holic. Um, and you can't get those shirts anymore. So that's why I like it even more because he's not even part of the website anymore. Um, and then the most memorable gift, and I don't even know if it's for Christmas, but I'll just talk about ultimate memorable gifts because it has to do with you and me. Um, so we went to WrestleMania 26, and um, that night, my wife, at the time she was my girlfriend, my wife went to Champs and State College. That's where they had the pay-per-views, and she got the poster. We always used to collect the posters from all the events. And she got the poster, and I had the lanyard that we got when we were there in our ticket. And um, it had to be for my birthday or something like that. My birthday's in July. And she framed the picture. It's still downstairs at my house right now. She framed the picture along with the lanyard and the ticket, and I started bawling like a baby when she gave it to me. It was it was by far the most memorable gift I've ever gotten. That she actually went to the 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 work and time to like frame it and then do all that stuff herself and tape the lanyard on there. So and the tickets in there too. So it's pretty, I, it was pretty cool. And I stole that idea and did it myself. Yeah man. It's just it's it was it's awesome. Like the, the tickets kinda of faded because it was in the lanyard and you thought it would save it, but it still got faded in the lanyard because I um I tried to protect it. I forget what I did with it, but that was on me but you can still see like where we sat and like the ticket for it. So that was my my very first WrestleMania. So that was a definitely a good time, despite the uh, the flat coke and the uh, the bad Mexican food. <laughs> but we got to see Yoshi Tatsu. Oh, we did. <laughs> we we got to see Yoshi Tatsu eating at a Mexican place uh, in uh, Phoenix. And again, here's a public service announcement: Phoenix is not near Glendale. Just to let you know, it's not near Glendale at all, where the football is, stadium is. <laughs> it is, it is at the time a fifty dollar cab ride. Yes, this at is the before time. Uber. This is way before Uber, so it might be a hundred bucks or more at this point. But just to let you know, Glendale and Phoenix are not near each other. 
So if you knew that, that's good for you. If you didn't, just let you know. But uh, real quick before we leave, I forgot to say this. Uh, Tuesday night, New Year's Evil, big match. Tommaso Ciampa, Braun Breaker. Do you think Braun Breaker, who is Scott Steiner's kid, finally gets his due and gets the NXT title? Well, the dog-faced puppy will probably win. I think so, too. I think Ciampa's, it's it's time for him to take a little break um, or go somewhere else in the in the show on XC 2.0 and I think it's time to give it up pass the torch and see what Braun Breaker can do he's done really good so far um, and then another um, um, another big thing which I didn't know until last week they're unifying the North American Championship and Cruiserweight Championship well, it's because the Cruiserweight title is pointless now they don't have any Cruiserweights right which is which is fine I just didn't know they were going to do it which is great so you're going to have a really good match between Carmelo Hayes and Roderick Strong two opposite ends of the spectrum in, in wrestling you have the high flyer Carmelo Hayes the the uh, NXT like what do you call it the contract champion I forget what they called it, it like I a, thought it was the cruiserweight title still no Carmelo Hayes was the uh, that contest not a contest winner but he was that tournament winner the NXT uh, like rookie winner and uh, uh-huh. Roger Strong, obviously, formerly of the Undisputed Era, now part of Diamond Mine. Uh, he's he's the leader of Diamond Mine. Oh, yeah, I guess he is the leader of Diamond Mine. Yeah, no one else is as big as Roger Strong. Um, while the rest of his former friends are in AEW, uh, he's the Cruiserweight Champion NXT 2.0. Looking forward to that match. Um, I'm off on Tuesday, so I forgot this was, uh, this was on until... Um, yesterday, and I was like, "Oh yeah, gotta." I want to watch War Games, see what that happened there, and then go from here. War Games. And then we have a debut, a re-debut in NXT. Walter is back with Imperium. Six-man tag match: Riddle and MSK. And now you, I know you won't watch now. Nash Carter and Wesley with Riddle, with mm-hmm. Im- versus Imperium. Walter, Pass. Fabian Ackner, and Mark Elwartho. Pass. Um, pass. And then we have, well, you won't pass on this one, Mandy Rose. Oh, no, I won't. Rose will roll, roll tide. Versus uh, Darby Allen 2.0, Corey Jade, and Raquel Gonzalez. Triple threat match for the NFC Women's Championship. And then apparently, on Wikipedia, other things announced, AJ Styles confronts Grayson Waller. Because now that AJ Styles got turned on by uh, Omos, or Omos, um, he has nothing else to do put over Grayson Waller. Well, there's that, and I read that the reason they're doing this is because NXT 2.0 is not doing well in the ratings. <laughs> surprise, surprise. So, Because there's people that we don't know. Even us. The, even nerds like us. There's that, and the 2.0 tie-dye bullshit is not cool. <laughs> it wasn't. It just I told him. It was like when you went to that, went to a, a church, uh, church carnival when you were a kid, and you and you press the button with your foot, and then it it did all the paint spits on the outside of the picture. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. I mean, paint. You, you should be so grateful right now that you went to that NXT takeover back in the day, because <laughs> you're never gonna get that again. No, but never. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, I guess I'll agree with that. Because even like WrestleMania weekend, like you're not gonna have a big NXT event like that. Shane, Shane, let me let me preface this again. Like Jericho, never, ever, gonna get that kind of event again. Again, that's fair enough. I'd have never. 
I had a fun time. I mean, I I hope they can kind of get back to where they need to be. I mean, if you have big enough guys, I mean, you got you never know. Johnny Gargano might come back. He hasn't gone anywhere yet. Yeah, and Chant. Oh, and by the way, people, uh, to the <laughs> many, many uh, people that listen to this show. Many. The tens and tens. Uh, in the last episode that Shane was not able to do, uh, Corey and I had a little bet. Now, if you guys are watching wrestling, you know that Corey lost a bet. <laughs> and now Corey must buy a Roman Reigns shirt. I'm going to bring this up to him every time he is on a show that we do together until he buys the damn shirt. From what I understand, Tony, he has bought the shirt. But it hasn't hasn't come in the mail yet. So once well, it comes in the mail, he's going to text the the, the group chat and then we'll, well, we'll go from there. Well, well, you know what? Until I see it, <laughs> this is what's going to keep happening. And if it happens before the next show, then it stops. But the fact of the matter is he lost. All right. And even even if he didn't lose, I would still, I I would have lost double because we all know that pro wrestling tees doesn't do their discounts like the WWE shop does. Corey could have bought a good shirt that he really wanted and then bought the Roman Reigns one for a dollar. He could, yeah. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear this bullshit that he didn't buy it or if he did buy it. I want to see it, damn it, and it will happen. Right. But anyway, continue. All right. Well. Uh, we yeah we did have the wrestling bet heard around the world and unfortunately Corey did lose and from what I understand he did buy the Roman Reigns t-shirt um, along with an Undertaker t-shirt to make himself feel better. Oh, uh, so he did probably take advantage of the uh, of the two for buy one get one yeah, for a dollar. I, th- I think he had to have. He just he wanted to do that. So, um, and then real quick, I know I keep saying real quick, but I keep finding things. Uh, Impact Wrestling, hard to kill. January 8th, so next weekend, it's at the factory in Dallas, Texas. It is sold out, um, and which is very surprising because we're in the middle of a pandemic. But Texas is one of those states that doesn't care. Um, they really don't. No, they don't. So, but we, uh, uh, we also uh, take into consideration also what's happening this week, I believe, is uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, yes, Wrestle Kingdom. Um, the big match. Two nights. Yeah, the Wrestle Kingdom is two nights. Hard to kill main event though. It's uh, Moose World Champion Matt Cardona and uh, D- W. Morrissey, who is Big Cass. If you don't know who that is, and Ugh. then uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Thank God for the internet. Kingdom. Uh, Sixteen nights one and two. It is on January fourth uh, and fifth. So we have. Um, Takagi and Okada and uh, who the winner of that match will face Will Ospreay for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship um, if you guys would like to watch it I will sell it uh, it's on Fight TV 30 bucks for both nights so that's a damn good deal does it say how many how many matches is it 10 matches a night um, so it says night 1 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Looks like eight matches and a kickoff match. And then, okay. yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Yep, eight matches a night. So Tuesday looks like it, pretty stacked. I actually know some guys, which um, for those out there, it's pretty impressive. Um, we do have the the Bullet Club f- for Japan, which I don't know anybody here. 
Uh, but you got Rocky Romero's in there, uh, Will Ospreay, or Will, yeah, Ospreay. <laughs> Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb, and Great O'Conn. They're the United Empire uh, versus LIJ. Remember them from Ring of Honor. Los Egonobles. Um, and then you have uh, Evil versus uh, Tomohoro Ishii for the open weight title. Um, tag team titles, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is a pretty big deal uh, with Taichi, uh, Chaos. And then Okada versus uh, Takagi, who's the champion for the world heavyweight title, faces Will Ospreay the next night. Um, and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta. For the United States Heavyweight Title, so I know I know those guys. So this is it's pretty impressive. I don't know. I might I might I might buy it. I mean, it's at it, it, it's at three a.m. So <laughs> that's the other thing. That's halfway through my work shift. I know, um, but like if you buy, it, you can actually watch it anytime. So we'll see. I do like the way Japan does it though. Like they do it they do it so big. It's in January and it's two nights, which is even better. So and it's Wrestle Kingdom sixteen. So. Pretty good stuff. The only thing that I can't get used to, though, is the Japanese crowd. It's obviously totally different from any other crowd in, in the world, just because the way that they they do out of respect for the wrestlers, like they don't do really anything during the match, and then they do a big move and they go yeah, and then they quiet down and they continue their stuff and their moves. It's not like a all-out American insult fest like we do, just yell and scream obnoxiously during the match. Pretty much. Yeah. So, but with that, a lot of stuff coming up, as always, as I'm figuring out. Every time I do a, do a show with these guys, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world of wrestling, and we will try to bring it all to you, whether we know it or not. We try our best, and that's all you can get from us. So with the first show of 2022 in the books, I am Shane Gazowski. He, on the other side, is Tony Big Evil Sirachi. I bid you adieu, good night, good day, and we will talk to you soon on the 33 to 30% podcast. On the next retrospective episode of the 33 to 30% podcast, the guys and I talk about Corey Smug SOB's very first pay-per-view, Royal Rumble 1993. It was a weird time in wrestling in 1993, and we will break down every match from this epic event on the road to WrestleMania 9. Who will win the 30-man Rumble and who will receive the Golden Scroll from Caesar himself and face the champion in Las Vegas? All that and much more on the next episode of Retrospective right here on the 33 to 3% Podcast.